0: You are listening to the Forgotten News Podcast.
1: But before we begin, here are a few words about a couple of other podcasts that we think you might want to try.
0: Called The Working Man's Nerdist, Tales from the Fandom, is a weekly podcast where David talks with a guest about the fandoms that they love. Whether it's classics like Star Trek, Star Wars and Tolkien, or new
1: ones like Game of Thrones or Harry Potter. Anime, books, TV shows, movies, role-playing, video games, cosplay and more are discussed.
0: Each episode is different, based on the guest. No fandom is too big or too small. Subscribe to Tales from the Fandom and join in on the fun.
1: This is uh, Admiral Adama. My name is Robert J. Sawyer. This is Cena Grace.
0: Hey, this is Stephen Amell. Hey, this is Dr. Trek, Larry Nimichek.
1: Hanging with Sean and Bridget. They're telling all about General Geekery. And you're listening to the Rusted Robot
0: Podcast,
1: the number one rated robot related podcast in Northern Ontario. You should be following them on Twitter. Keep listening. Don't forget to follow them on Twitter. Subscribe on iTunes.
0: TheRustedRobot.Podbean.com.
1: The Rusted Robot Podcast. Think about it.
0: RUSTED ROBOT
1: Welcome to Strange But Forgotten, a series of occasional mini-episodes of the Forgotten News Podcast. These shorter episodes will feature odd, unusual, spooky or funny stories that aren't really a good fit for a full-length episode of the podcast. But just like the regular episodes, these will always be true stories that were randomly found in old newspapers, stories that haven't seen the light of day in decades maybe even a century, or more. So, for a little while, just relax, and let this podcast be your time machine. Enjoy a slice of life from long before you were born. And now, here's your host.
0: Hello everyone, my name is Kit, and you are listening to Strange But Forgotten, a new project of the Forgotten News Podcast. And first, before I say anything else, thank you for tuning in. Now if you are a regular listener to the Forgotten News Podcast, you probably already know that we get nearly all of our featured stories by looking through old newspapers. Usually, these are very old newspapers. And every so often, while doing that, we will stumble across a really strange story, or a really funny story, that we think our listeners might be interested in hearing. But it's simply too short or too random to be featured on a full-length episode of the podcast. So, we recently decided to collect some of these short but true stories under the title Strange But Forgotten and to share them with you as mini-episodes from time to time, especially when we find a story that really jumps out at us. And I'll be your host for this very first mini-episode of this new series. Oh, by the way, don't worry we will still be having our full-length episodes. These new mini episodes are just going to be something extra for you, our listeners, while you patiently wait for our next regular episode. And now, with that little introduction out of the way, and if you're ready, we'll get started. I'm going to begin with a short warning for listeners Just to give everyone a heads up because there will be a few things that might be disturbing for some of you in our audience. Our featured story will include some brief descriptions of violence and tragedy. Women and children were among the victims. However, the specific facts will be kept to the absolute minimum needed to tell the story in a historically accurate way. This is not a podcast that indulges in gruesome or gory details or foul language in regard to any topic. But even so, if you think that hearing about these things could possibly cause you to have a negative emotional reaction, then this episode might not be something you should listen to. In addition, the story that is being featured is definitely not recommended for children since it could be upsetting or even frightening to young ears. Parental discretion is strongly advised. And now, with all that having been said, our story begins at the start of the American Civil War, which took place between 1861 and 1865. One of the main leaders of the rebellion was a former U.S. senator named Jefferson Davis. In February of 1861, he became president of the so-called Confederate States of America, the name which the rebel leaders of the American South gave to their unsuccessful attempt to break away and to form a nation that was built on a cornerstone of white supremacy and black slavery. Jefferson Davis was extremely weak and ineffective in his role as a Confederate president. However, because of the mere fact that he held the title and position, once the war was over, it became a name that represented terrorism and pure evil among patriotic American citizens, especially those in the North who had fought to defeat the rebellion or who had lost loved ones in the war. But our featured story is not about Jefferson Davis. I mean, it's not about that Jefferson Davis. Our story is about a rather nasty outlaw who called himself Jefferson Davis or Jeff Davis for short. He was a violent and depraved man who rampaged through the middle of the eastern region of Ohio from the 1850s through the early 1870s. It is very likely that he took the name Jefferson Davis as a way of making the people of Ohio be utterly terrified of him, long before he came into any town, anywhere. His real name was John Von He was an immigrant from Switzerland, born sometime in the 1820s. He was only a small child when his family settled in Stark County, Ohio, and he began his career of crime almost as soon as he reached his teens. His list of wrongdoing would eventually include larceny, assault, jailbreak, arson, indecent exposure, and rape. As an adult, Davis was nearly six feet tall, muscular, and weighed more than 200 pounds. He went by many names over the years, but he is remembered only as Jeff Davis, which was his most famous and final alias. He was first sent to prison at the young age of 15. It was also the beginning of his lifelong pattern and practice of seeking revenge on anyone who stood in his way or who had been responsible for his getting caught. In this case, after he was released from prison, he promptly set fire to the home or barn of every member of the jury that had sent him away. In 1868, he was sentenced to prison for assault with intent to rape, for breaking into a market house in Tuscaroras County, where, quote, He assaulted a Miss Taylor by making indecent grabs on her person and wanting her to kiss him, Davis also stabbed a man who assisted in his arrest. He sat in prison until 1872 for these offenses, but within a year after his release, he was again behind bars for petty theft and other crimes in Worcester, Ohio. But in early July of 1873, Davis escaped from jail when the sheriff accidentally left his keys in the lock while bringing a meal to his cell. And not long after that, on July 20th in Ragersville, a town about 91 miles or 146 kilometers south of Cleveland, he attempted to rape Ellen Humerkhaus. And later on the same day, He assaulted Flora Van Leen. These were little girls. Both of them were nine years old. Ellen had been walking with another girl on the public highway near Rakersville when she was grabbed by Davis. Flora had been assaulted while playing near Stone Creek, not far from her house. Her father reported the crime in Rakersville where the justice of the peace issued an arrest warrant and Constable David Neff immediately began the search. Jeff Davis was caught and arrested a few days later. He was brought to Rakersville on Saturday, July 26th around sundown. It was raining and very dark. Even so, the judge decided to hold a preliminary hearing that same evening in an attempt to prevent an outbreak of mob violence against Davis. A crowd of 30 to 40 angry citizens packed the courtroom, and many more surrounded the town hall, where the hearing was taking place. The judge and the sheriff attempted to calm the crowd, while they awaited the arrival of witnesses. The only light in the room came from a man standing on a table, holding a lantern. Davis began making threats against certain men in the crowd, including the constable. The husband of the woman that had been assaulted by Davis in 1868 was in the room, and he asked him why he had done it. According to local news reports from the time, Davis replied,
1: None of your business. I'll go where I please, and I'll do as I please. The
0: husband responded with his fist. This launched an immediate chain reaction of violence. Another man also punched Davis. And then someone else hit him in the head with a fire poker and he fell on the floor unconscious. At this point, somebody jumped up on the table and blew out the lantern. The room went dark and suddenly five to seven shots were fired into Davis who was still on the floor, but somehow those bullets didn't kill him, even though three of the shots reportedly hit him in the head. A rope was tied to his feet and Davis was dragged out of the building. As the men exited, they shouted to the gathered crowd that they would shoot anyone who came any closer. At some point Davis awoke realized what was happening, and repeatedly begged for mercy as he was dragged through Rakersville, ending up at a tree at the eastern edge of the town. A rope was put around his neck and he was hanged from the tree until he stopped breathing. This lynching resulted in criminal charges against four men for murder and obstruction of justice. However, only one man was eventually brought to trial. He was found not guilty. The charges were dropped against the other three men prior to any trial being held, possibly because all four were family men who had good standing in the community. It was not long before Ragerstown became nicknamed Hangtown, a name which stuck for decades. but. That is not the end of the story. The lynchers had unceremoniously and secretly taken the body of Jeff Davis out of the county and hid it in a pile of sawdust. Unfortunately, the hiding place for the body was a badly kept secret, so much so that the location is still nicknamed today as Jeff Davis Hill. A short time later... A local doctor went out to the sawdust pile at night and dug up the corpse. He put it in his attic, evidently for medical study. After a few months, the doctor and his wife got sick of inhaling the smell of a rotting body in their house. So one dark evening, he took it to a neighboring county in his buggy and he buried it. He apparently shared the information with another physician. Dr. Herman Peters of Regersville, who somehow acquired the body. There are conflicting stories as to how it came into his possession. Dr. Peters boiled the flesh off the bones of Jeff Davis and thereafter hung the skeleton in his office and it remained there for many years. When the doctor died, his son sold the skeleton to a local barkeeper the price was a box of cigars the barkeeper wanted to hang it in the woods to scare raccoon hunters his wife was outraged by the purchase as well as her husband's intention for the skeleton and so the barkeeper sold it to a local undertaker who kept it in his office when he passed away His adult daughter took it home and would hang it outside her house during Halloween season. She did this year after year until she passed away. At that point, her family donated the skeleton of Jeff Davis to the Rakersville Historical Society in the early 1990s. It has been on public display at the museum operated by the society practically ever since along with the fire poker that had struck Davis on the head on the night of his lynching. And even that is not the end of the story. The ghost of Jeff Davis is reported to have been seen many times over the years. For example, in 1874, a large ditch was being dug at the spot where Davis had been lynched. Several huge heavy stones had been put into place by long hard work to line the sides of the ditch. It took two to four men to lift and move the stones. The next day, the stones were found tossed about as if they were baby toys. A large buggy was found sitting on top of a nearby barn. Local citizens also claimed that the town hall bell had been loudly rung many times, yet no one was pulling the rope. Strange lights have floated around the hanging tree. Newcomers of Rakersville are sometimes warned by old-timers to never walk on the roads alone at night, or they might come face-to-face with the ghost of Jeff Davis. Some people believe that even though Jeff Davis came to the end of his life at the hands of an angry mob, and no questions about it, he was a really bad guy he was apparently very angry that he did not get his day in court so it is not hard to imagine why his ghost might still haunt the community where he was shot and hanged with his body abused following his burial and repeatedly violated long after his death and now we have come to the end of our story because there is not much else for anyone to add to the story of the outlaw Jeff Davis or his aftermath. So, with all of that having been said, we would like to thank Steve Blitzen from the Drift and Ramble podcast for being the voice of the outlaw Jeff Davis. And a special thanks to Jeremy Collins from the Facebook group and podcasts that are both called Podcasts We Listen To for providing our intro and outro segments for this inaugural mini-episode. Next, please remember that this mini-episode is a special feature of the Forgotten News Podcast, the first in our strange but forgotten series. If you are a fan of our show, be sure to go to iTunes, also known as Apple Podcasts and rate, review, and subscribe to the Forgotten News Podcast. We'd prefer a five-star review, by the way. It definitely helps to bring new listeners. Next, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, please feel free to email us at forgottennewspodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. But take care to type that, as if it were all one word. There are no hyphens or dashes. You can also find the Forgotten News Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Just type Forgotten News Podcast as three words into the search box, whether on Facebook or Twitter, and you can find us. It's that easy. I think that's just about everything. My name is Kit Karen, and I hope that I was a good host for you. But most of all, I truly hope that you enjoyed listening to the first mini-episode of our new feature, Strange But Forgotten. So, goodbye everyone, and thank you so much for listening.
1: Thank you for listening to Strange But Forgotten, a series of occasional mini-episodes of the Forgotten News Podcast. You will now be exiting this time machine, but please be sure to come back again to enjoy another visit to the past.
0: Once in your life, or mine hardly more than once certainly it may happen that it is really the right holy and proper thing to do to hit a man in the face Passing through, just passing through. Sometimes happy, sometimes sometimes blue. Glad that I ran into you. Tell the people that you saw me
1: passing through.